Season 2, podcast for two Christian sporting nothings talk about the relationship between sport and faith today. In the host chair is me, Tim Scorer, with you as always, and sitting across a computer screen from me is Nathan Easter Brewer. Good to be here after a good, fun Easter. So yeah, great to, great to be back on the pod after a week off last week. Yes. Would you, do you prefer Easter as a nickname? It's not really a nickname. You, Nathan the Easter Easter Bunny Brewer, do you like? I <laughs> mean, um, you know, Easter, yeah, Easter Bunny would be good. Yeah, you do, like cho- do love chockey, love eating it, love giving it out. So, yeah, yeah, it's, um, that's pretty much the Easter Bunny. So, yeah. What's, yeah. what's your favourite brand of Easter egg? Ooh, um, good question. Don't mind, me, don't mind me a crunchy, crunchy Easter egg. Okay. I'm into I'm into carry milk at the moment, so um, yeah. yes. so they've randomly popped onto the uh, the agenda. I don't think they were around last year, so but they're um, yeah, they're they're definitely high up there. And um, you're and definitely I, within the Cadbury family. Yes, that's right. Yes, family, family within the Cadbury family, and I really like their bunnies as well. I do enjoy eating a um, do enjoy eating an Easter an Easter chocolate bunny. Nice, 180 gram, good solid. Put in the fridge, crisp it up a bit. Do the head off. Yeah, yep. Head off first. Yep, and then um, yeah, it's very satisfying. What about you? Well, I should have called you Nathan Decapitation Brewer. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. I um, this year I've just discovered a a new appreciation for the beauty of a solid Cadbury Dairy Milk egg. Mm. Um, I'd always felt like they were the the poor alternatives to the bigger ones, but mm. the bigger ones are just so hollow. They're just so yes. empty. They're yes. like a Canberra Raiders season, you know, there's nothing <laughs> to it. And I have just appreciated the solidity of mm-hmm. the uh, the full Cadbury dairy milk. But I have been given, um, and I, I'm open to uh, what this experience will be. I've been given a bag of Aldi eggs and say what you want about Aldi, the chocolate's actually all right. At yeah. Aldi normally, mm. and so I'm interested to see how that goes. It probably, um, I'm optimistic that it won't taste like, um, you know, Easter show quality chocolate where you have the you sort of walk away going, Life was better before I ate that. <laughs> so, anyway, it we've had the Easter weekend, it's been and gone. We've had uh, an interesting round of AFL. We're going to get to AFL tipping. We've gone to, uh, we've got to give an update on expert 11 and where we're at with that. Uh, And then we're going to be thinking about sport as religion. And when you have annual events that you commemorate with uh, an activity where people gather together to uh, consider what plays out before them, um, is this a sporting event or is this a religion? Well, the answer is it's both. And we're going to see um, how Easter sort of plays into that, um, specifically with AFL, but we're going to get to uh, to other things as well. So that's the show for today. Uh, we're in both in holiday mode. Um, and so we're feeling a little bit laid back and relaxed, which is good fun. Uh, Nathan, how'd you go in AFL tipping over the weekend, brother? I didn't go at all. I... I had a very busy week last week. I was not in holiday mode. I was in full out work mode and completely forgot to register any tips. And, and I think I copped a three out of nine. And 
and um, I'd worked my way up into the into the upper mid table last week into third or fourth. But uh, with the disastrous round that just went, I'm now firmly uh, in last place. So that's um, it was a very upsetting realization when I logged in this morning and um, and after I realised I'd missed my tips, I was hoping, because you get given the away team, I believe, when you don't log in, and so I was hoping that I'd just gotten lucky and six out of nine away teams won, but um, it was not to be. The home teams were strong on the weekend and uh, I paid the price for my lack of attention to detail. So very upsetting weekend for me. There is, uh, it's pretty clear, right, who is keeping this podcast going. Um, One of us logs in to do AFL tips, uh, I had a comment from someone who had been uh, listened to their second ever book of sports podcast ever uh, last podcast out when we were talking about uh, women and the achievements of the Australian women's cricket team in the World Cup. And uh, they were interested that you hadn't watched any of the Women's World Cup for the podcast episode that we were talking about the women. So um, anyway, well done, Dogger. You're, uh, you're doing a good job. And... Yep. Um, I appreciate you. Yeah, um, no worries. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, you have a full-time job and a child and, you know, and other interests. It's um, not always easy to cover absolutely every single basis. But um, I'm sorry I'm not Jesus, but, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully over time I'll continue to grow more and more like him and, and um, maybe my capacities uh, will expand to a godlike level. Who knows? But um, <laughs> for now, I'm just a human being with um, with other sports that I focus on and, and, and participate in and, and a job and a baby. So, um, and my busiest week of the year was coming up uh, at that time. So last week with camp and Easter, that's my that's my biggest week in the calendar. So I'm sorry that in the build up to that, I wasn't um, very passive around the uh, streaming services. So I do apologise for that. Very passive aggressive apology. With a, <laughs> here is my apology and all the reasons why I'm not really sorry. So that's good. I like that. Well done. Um, we did so. Let's start with AFL tipping. We had uh, the Easter weekend go. We had uh, Good Friday action. We had Easter Saturday, Easter Sunday, Easter Monday action. All people who actually tipped got six or seven. Well done to Nick Bagland, who got seven out of nine. Uh, all the others mm-hmm. got six. And then uh, the Brizzler Nathan Brewer on three, which means that I'm still just holding on to a lead at the top of the book of sports. AFL tipping. Evan Lowndes has had a good few weeks. He's coming back with a. Um, with the proverbial wet sail and uh, uh, positions three to seven are filled by people in contention, just one point separating third to seventh. And then, uh, yeah, Nathan Brewer on uh, <laughs> two points behind down the bottom. But that's all right, everyone. He's got a busy life, so give him, uh, <laughs> give him a break. Uh, also, we've got an update on Expert 11. Now, Nathan, tell mm. the world, slash at least tell Book of Sports listeners, what's been going on with Expert 11 so far this season. Yes, um, Expert 11, uh, two-horse race between um, uh, Timmy Schooler, the host of this podcast, and then Maddie Thompson, who is uh, almost, I mean, I'd say undisputed, the best player in our league and, and one of the Expert best Expert 11 manager par excellence. Yes, I think. I don't think anyone would argue for anyone else as the top manager in our league. Um, and... Yeah, so he's brilliant, always there. And last time we chatted, um, you guys were about to play in a much-anticipated game and you took a very risky strategy with your tactics and that completely backfired and you got beaten relatively comfortably 
uh, by Matt. And so Matt took a three-point lead and we thought, uh-oh, here we go again. He's already got 15 titles. Let's let's just hand him title number 16 um, here and now. And uh, But not so fast. Uh, your, your big ally, A-Ray, uh, Andrew Brayshaw, uh, has since played him twice and drawn with him both times. So that took four points off Matt. And then I have since played uh, Matt twice and I also randomly got a draw, one draw off him. And so all of a sudden Matt went into the uh, the turning point uh, looking very strong with a three-point lead and and, um, and he's dropped six points in his last four games. And all of a sudden uh, you have a three-point lead and a four and against advantage and really, um, now if I was in your shoes, I'd still be stressing and thinking about all the things that could go wrong. Um, but as a neutral outsider, I would um, I'd put you at about an 85, 90% chance to win the title here because even if you lose your next game against Matt, your foreign against advantage is rather significant and your run home is pretty easy. So I can't see something, something's going to have to go horribly wrong for you not to win. So... You took a risky gamble. It didn't pay off, uh, but then your friends, your friends in the league, have, uh, have done you a very big solid, and uh, it looks like you're going to be walking home uh, with uh, title number one. So exciting times for you! It's and look, I'm definitely not counting chickens before they've hatched, which mm. is quite an Easter-related uh, image of chickens hatching and the new life, and that's why Easter eggs are a thing. I'm told. I mean, who? Who really knows why Easter eggs are a thing? Um, but um, this is also a bit of an Easter narrative, right? Because I have gone into the Expert Eleven season, uh, or this part of the season, crunch time. I, what can I do? How, how noble a performance can I give? How complete and righteous can I be uh, in my duties as an Expert Eleven manager? Not very is the answer to that question, because uh, very much. Uh, very much uh, the one who was defeated by Matt Thompson. Very much the insufficient holder of own, my own ability and skills and the display of my righteousness was clearly lacking. Uh, and yet it is my friend, my friend Nathan Brewer and Andrew Brayshaw who has come through for me and has... Uh, in my place, defeated my enemy. And so, well, not defeated, you drew, but we're getting there. And um, in the same way, Jesus rose from the dead, defeated the enemy of death and paid the penalty for sin that we might be with him for eternity. Expert 11 uh, with some things to Easter there. Uh, but that's right. So, Mike, I'm going to get coming up against Matt on uh, Wednesday, tomorrow night, time of recording. And even if I lose, which I probably will, um, I'm still ahead on for and against. So just got to give big enough bribes to other people to throw their games and then we'll um, have a very hollow victory. <laughs> That's the tactic. That's the tactic we're going with. Um, you just got to get on the board. You get on the board, get your first title, and then you can, um, you know, then you can go for less hor- less hollow victories. I think yeah. that's you start you start somewhere, get on the board, get the monkey off your back, and then you can get you know then you can get a bit gutsier without playing the political game. But the first thing is just just get on the board first. Just get something. Yeah. Yep. Cheat, lie, steal your way to your first victory. That's a good lesson for life. Okay. Now we are 
we've thrown around some very loose religious themes there, but we have stronger religious themes as we think about the the annual games uh, that take place in the world of sport. Uh, Nathan, did you you mentioned you had a very busy weekend? Uh, did you did you get a chance to watch any sport over the weekend? I watched Liverpool Manchester City, oh. which was very pleasing. Yes, so that was um, that was a very very good win for my for my beloved Liverpool, the only team I follow that are having a good season. So um, it, it wasn't a good uh, weekend of cup performances in the UK. Uh, because the other narrative that we have followed is Ange Postacoglu at Celtic, and they lost in their Scottish Cup um, yeah. semi-final or final? Final, I think it was to Rangers, um, and no semi-final. Anyway, whatever it was, um, they lost to Rangers, which is sort of the first real uh, disappointment that Ange Postacoglu has delivered for the six months or something. Mm-hmm. Um, since they had their troubles in Europe earlier in the season. So uh, it was, yeah, a heartbreaking um, Easter... What was that? When was that? Were they, that was Saturday night, Easter Saturday games. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, to start a cup, who cares about the cup? Like, I was happy Liverpool beat Man City, but I'm not watched it because it was going to be a high-quality game. Like, I want the Premier League or the Champions League, like FA Cup, you know. It's cute. You know, it's an easy way to rack up trophies if you win some Carabao Cups and some FA Cups or some Scottish Cups. But you want you want the league or you want the Champions League. And so, you know what, a cup, cup schmup, I say. Don't worry about it. On to the next one. Win the league and uh, win the big one. Don't, well, don't worry too much about your cups. If you can get them, nice. If not, don't worry about it. Cup schmup. There you go. You heard it here first. Um <laughs> Well, and and so the so the FA the FA Cup final is coming up soon. Mm. So that will be Chelsea versus Liverpool. Uh, yes. that's an annual festival. There's a, an mm. annual pilgrimage to Wembley Stadium that goes mm. on for the FA Cup uh, final. And does that happen on the same date every year? Uh, I don't know about the same date. Oh, so, oh, yeah, it's either the yeah. same weekend, like the you know second or third weekend of May, or the same date. Yeah, it's definitely on a certain, a certain, a certain yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, the third weekend of the fifth month or something like that. Yeah, and so this is this is where we we're, we're coming into with this this podcast episode where we we we're thinking about this idea that you have annual celebrations and annual ceremonies in the sporting world which are a combination of pilgrimage. People go to the same venue. Uh, They are a combination of uh, sort of worship and fanaticism uh, and the idea of I go in the right dress and I I make the right noises and I sing the right songs and I adore the same athletes, these godlike participants who participate in the arena. And we, we do this, right? Except we're not talking about um, some ancient Roman cult, cultic festival. Uh, we're talking about sport, you know. And so you have Easter Monday is, in the AFL world is the Hawks versus the Cats. That's every year they play Easter Monday. And uh, there are other celebrations and there are other um, ceremonies and things that go on um, with other teams at different times. Uh, and 
simply want to make the point to you, Nathan Brewer, and to anyone who is listening mm-hmm. in to our conversation, that this is a very religious instinct that we have as a race uh, of this sort of this annual repetition and the annual tradition and the annual uh, following on from it. Um, it actually goes far earlier than Christmas and Easter. They're probably the two things that we're most familiar with as Christians in the West and with the idea of annual festivals. But it goes back to the world of the Passover. Mm. And so, Nathan, I've got some verses for you that I'm going to read. This is from Exodus chapter 12. And Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household, yada, 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 on and on it goes. And this is something that they are to do every year. It is, uh, and then celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is verse 17, because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting lasting ordinance for the generations to come. In the first month, you got to eat bread made without yeast. And on and on it goes. And this, so this annual festival, as far as I could um, think off the top of my head, I think that's the first one that comes up in the Bible. The first annual festival is the Passover. Uh, And this is a a strong tradition for us that we recognize that there needs to be a rhythm to our year that uh, where we remember certain things, where we replay uh, certain narratives and the histories of it, and we take our part in, in the story. And again, which, and we've made this point a number of times on this podcast, but the religious impulse of sport and the way that sport has replaced religion mm. without acknowledging itself as a religion um, is a fascinating insight into our need as people to be worshippers, to be involved in a story that's bigger than ourselves, to be pilgrims, to be, um, you know, part of something that means something. And uh, interesting, it's it's interesting observation. I think it's very telling that we can't really, there are very few of us who live life um, purely on the the day to day. We we have the rhythms and the, the, the flow to our year that, um, that is a big part of our, our thinking and our feeling and our doing. Uh, Nathan, as someone who, has just come through this busy time of year for you at work. You have been service leading Easter services. You've been preaching on a youth camp. Um, What do you think is your favorite part of the Easter season with that religious impulse that you have, that we say is stitched into us um, by God? Hmm. I think with Easter, I think it's it's the greatest historical, true narrative in history in that you have the death on Good Friday and like that's the big tension point. Like it's good. It's called Good Friday because Jesus is, is taking our sins and he's taking God's judgment and that's, a, that's really important and we need someone to do that for us. But there's the tension of Jesus is dead and and so we wait and the disciples who were there in the first easter are terrified and afraid and saddened 
and there's this huge tension yet Sunday comes and Jesus is alive and that tension is resolved and Jesus hasn't just done away with our sin. He's beaten death and joy that it brings to the first the first uh, people who see Jesus, you know, the women who clasp his feet and worship him and then then the disciples that almost can't believe what's happening because it's it's so good and so shocking. And so it's this amazing narrative tension that is true and it means... Yeah, it means death is death is beaten, sin is dealt with, hope is offered, eternal life. Like it's just the best it's the best true story you could ever imagine and it's yeah, and and it's just so significant and 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 so true. And so yeah, like you build your yeah, it's something that you can't not just build your year around, but you can build your life around that that yeah. story. The fact that uh, death is is beaten, is hope, and, and uh, it changes it changes everything. And just seeing and for us on I mean for me on the Friday and the Sunday, seeing the community that it brings together and, and hundreds of people in the same place singing and and the joy in the room, uh, particularly on the Sunday uh, where Christ is risen, and yeah, the community that it, that it that it brings the the hope, the joy, um, and the narrative that we take part in, right? From yeah. Friday, and you you go to church on the Friday, and you are appropriately somber mm. on the Friday because you recognise the weight of the fact that my sin mm. took Jesus to the cross. Yeah, and it is a good Friday, but it is a weighty, reflective, mm. somber day, and yeah. then the joy of Easter Sunday, where the grave no longer has its hold on him, and mm. we. You know, we, we, we live that rhythm yeah. of it's Friday, but Sunday's coming, but we're waiting until Sunday because there's something right about sitting in the Good Friday yeah. and then Sunday comes and it's joy and it's um, mm. a day of light and feasting and joy and it's just, yes, this is the Christian life. This is hope. This mm. is peace with God. Mm. And uh, the... The wonderful celebration that that is is um, is such a beautiful, beautiful day, and the fact that we re-enact that rhythm in the lives that we live um, is, you know, through that weekend makes it such a special weekend and such a rich weekend. And like you say, the fact that we do that with others who live the same story mm. and who have been shaped by the same story uh, is is just so um, precious. One of the thoughts that I've had this year um, is about Passover and Easter uh, because the way that the Bible tells the story is that Christ comes as the true Passover lamb and he comes as the one who is uh, sacrificed by the Jewish people even though they don't recognize that he is the Lamb of God, but they come, um, but he comes and he's sacrificed by them. And all of these Passover themes, which are there in the Old Testament, are properly fulfilled in Christ. And it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. John one twenty nine. John the Baptist sees Jesus coming and says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's what we celebrate at Easter as uh, that's what Christ has done. And uh, it's, 
Yeah. There's so many rich facets to uh, to these things, but that's been what's uh, particularly stood out for me this year. Yeah, and I think for me as well, like the Bible itself admits that the Christian faith hinges on the resurrection. And so it's 1 Corinthians 15 where Paul says, if Christ isn't resurrected, your faith is useless and uh, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. And, and in fact, Christians are to be pitied above all people if Christ isn't raised from the dead. And so it feels like it's the core of your faith, like you're celebrating the absolute core central thing. Like if we don't have Jesus' resurrection, then our faith is just an absolute waste of time. And is and we're, and we're fools. We, we are to be pitied. We're, we're just, we're wasting our time and energy and efforts if there's no resurrection. And so, yeah, so it's, it's the core of our faith. And so, yeah, being able to, to celebrate uh, Jesus' true, real, bodily, physical resurrection. Um, yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the central tenet of the faith. And so to be able to, to celebrate that is, is, is so special. It is. It is indeed. Friends, we hope you have had a blessed Easter. For those who love Jesus, we hope it has been a rich time of considering Christ's death for you in your place to pay for sin and his resurrection from the grave to show his power over death. For those who listen and are not Christians, we hope that your impulse and appreciation for the annual pilgrimage to your sporting games might be a little hint to you that you were made for something bigger than this and that this world is screaming with meaning if only we have eyes to see it. And we pray that it would be uh, this year, this Easter, that you see the beauty of Christ in a in perhaps the first way ever. Uh, Nathan, you're on leave next week, so we probably won't be recording a podcast next week. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, I'll be away. Yeah, but um, maybe I'll try and catch up on some women's sport while I'm away and see if I can see if I can please our listeners. <laughs> Very good. Uh, that would be great. And uh, at least at least stick your AFL tips in. Uh, but I know <laughs> already done. Already done for this week. Um, uh, yeah. Well, sure. next two weeks. Yeah. Um, to all our listeners, thanks for tuning in. We hope that you have a great week ahead. Make sure you get your tips in, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time on the Book of Sports.